I uh, I did the same thing, Chris, a few years ago. My mother-in-law paid for for uh, uh, that for the family, and uh, there were some surprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's neat stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. No, you guys. This is bad news. I would never do one of the genealogy um, chromosome things because. I, I mean, I, I have a pretty good idea, but I mean, I, you, for one thing, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get all crazy, but you know, they can track you with that stuff. <laughs> and, you, and Brian, you know, who would agree with me? I do know who would agree with you, but here's the thing. It's like, you're on the internet every single day and you have a walking tracker that you carry around in your pocket every day. So listen, yeah. if, if they want to know that I'm less than 1% Eastern European, that's fine. Is that what you came up with? Uh, yeah, I should have worded that differently. So I'm like mostly Eastern European. Yeah, that's a real surprise to us, Brian. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that there were surprises on my side. I was just I was saying that there were some surprises for uh, Sarah's side. Brian's <laughs> twenty three and me came back such an Ashkenazi, <laughs> uh, Iberian Peninsula, and uh, and. Uh, uh, Eastern European. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, howdy. Welcome to the latest episode of the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is the aide de camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, howdy Jeff. Brian. Howdy, Jeff. Sorry, I'm just a little ex- bit excited today. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Because sitting in today is the fantastically successful solo podcaster, Chris Levine. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to Managing Expectations. My pleasure. I like coming on this. You know why? Because you're just hanging with the guys. Just hanging with the guys. Okay. It's a fun environment. It's one I listen to regularly. Well, bless your heart. You're the one, huh? (laughs) (laughs) There's people who like me who can't listen to the podcast. I mean, and it's it's not like I'm drawing from a huge demographic of people who like me. So, I mean, pretty much it's you guys. Polly Fingers can't be with us today because the World Cup is going on. And so he's... Uh, he's been slamming uh, Newcastle's since um, like probably four o'clock this morning, uh, watching some barn burner that's, uh, you know, in the first round, going to go to a 1 1 tie. Uh, currently, I'll knot it up at 0 0 <laughs> <laughs> at the 53rd minute. They got a lot to play yet. Yeah. It's yeah. only at the 53rd minute. Um, did you see that Argentina lost to somebody remarkable like Saudi Arabia? I did see that. Whoa. Uh, Argentina losing to anybody's kind of a big deal, right? I Listen, I don't know much about international football. Uh, but I do know this, that, that uh, Argentina hasn't really been great in recent years in, on the big stage. 
they've got great players, but they just can't. Okay. Able to seem to put it together. So, so Argentina and Brazil just seems to be like this rivalry where no matter how bad they stink, they want to beat the other really bad. Yeah, I think so. Not unlike the Raiders Bronco games this year. And I'm glad that your Denver Broncos are doing everything possible to secure another year for Josh McDaniel as the head coach of the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Broncos feel that the league is better with him in it. <laughs> oh, he'll be in it because <laughs> Belichick will take him back. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, um, uh, seriously. Oh, you know what? I, I don't want to, I don't want to go on and on. Uh, I, Chris Levine takes compliments at least as well as I do. Um, and may actually internalize them worse. I, I may have to insist on seeing his forearms at the end of recording to see if he's been cutting himself through, uh, through the duration. But Brian, did you listen to Chris's episode about beer commercials? No. Not yet. You have to. It's great. I'm not even, I'm not kidding. So, okay, first of all, I don't know what planet Chris Levine lives on, but he's suggesting that my life may not be exactly like a beer commercial on a football game. Because, which is crazy to me, because usually when I take the DC3, island hopping there are hot chicks in bikinis at every stop at every at every picture postcard perfect uh atoll and an islet that we that we alight upon um you know just wait, waiting to give me beers i mean that doesn't happen to you guys no i i just got into football this year so we'll just have to see you know, I, I, I don't. So far, that hasn't happened. No, <laughs> I don't think it's watching football that does it. No, but yeah, it's it. I, I, I think the DC three is is a chick magnet. Yeah, you know, maybe get the quad prop cargo plane. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife and I, we both made a concerted effort to. Uh, we watched a football game with a friend, and we enjoyed it. And we've never, I've never been the type to like think there's anything wrong with it. I just never got into it. And so we started getting into it. And we watch usually on Thursday nights. That's what we do is, uh, oh, because you have Amazon. Yeah. So we, so we were able to watch the games on Thursday nights and sometimes on Sundays. And it's been pretty fun. But I got my eye full of beer commercials too. So that's what kind of, oh, you got an eye full. Yeah. That sparked that whole thing, you know, but, but then again, hey, you know what we were talking about, about people wanting to be part of something? I think that that's what they do with beer commercials. Is they, they, they Guys watch those and, you know, see a bunch of guys at a bar having a great time, and that's where they want to be, you know, and so it works. Okay. So so Brian and I uh, are, are, are fans uh, or, or at least respect um, a television show that was on cable and it was about the – uh, people in the advertising industry. And one of the most fascinating things is how they would like 
kick around ideas and an idea would become an, a, a tagline or a, a, an ad campaign. And so like, I, I, I'm listening, I'm making dinner, Mrs. Winger's working late and I'm making dinner and I'm listening to Levine's podcast about um, uh, beer commercials. And, you know, he, and, and I'm like, and I keep waiting him for to, to say something really soft. And, and cause I just want to tee off and I'm just like going to send him a text that says like how, you know, Oh, you're a little girly man. <laughs> but, uh, but he didn't really, he didn't really do that. And then at the end he like Brian, and I'm not even kidding. So he, he says, here's a beer commercial that I'd like to see or something like that. And he like does this beer commercial that was great. It was like, it was seriously Sterling Cooper level like sensible and i would totally buy this beer he like comes up with this so like there's like a a a bookish woman in a coffee shop and she like hops up to help a guy in a wheelchair and i'm thinking oh levine come on this is (laughs) and then like the guys from the bar come out and like kind of help and so like there's this like esprit de corps and I don't know what happens to the guy in the wheelchair, but then the chick like moves her stuff from the coffee shop to the bar. And then they like, leave her alone. They like respect her for doing a, a good deed, but then they like, you know, aren't, aren't hitting on her or trying to get her drunk. So it was a little unbelievable in that sense, but I thought it was like really, really clever. Chris, am I, is is that about the plot of the beer commercial? Yeah, give or take, give or take. Um, I didn't really get into what she looked like. That's up to you. You know, um, I, I was also she looked, like Vel- she looked like Velma. Yeah. The thing that I felt good about that, by the way, was not scripted. That just came out. You know, that felt good. That that just happened. OK, that's Freddie Rumson level. Yeah, on. But, but but the very the very last thing is, is that. I wanted one last frame of the beer commercials that when the team scored a touchdown, that she was into that too. So like she's into what the guys are into. Guys are cool with the fact that she's reading, she's reading her book at the bar and everybody is is cool with each other. There's a respect level. There's no, the guys are just big dumb males because they're watching football and she's more intelligent and better because she's reading a book. They're the same. I would drink that beer. Or at least try it. I would try it. I would too. I I would drink Levine Levine Brew. <laughs> uh, Manischewitz. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It's it's uh it's a it's a Muscatel infused microbrew. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no. uh, yeah, that w- it, I thought it was really clever. And and see, you, you see Levine working here because none of the characters are all one thing. And and obviously that, you, you know, I, I guess whatever in in a 30 or 60 second television commercial, um, you know, you <laughs> there's not a lot of there's not a lot of time and space for to reveal the rich interior lives of the characters, but sometimes I guess. So if you really, you really, you always have very lovely things to say about my podcast and I always appreciate it. 
Um, but I, I'm going to tell you a, a secret if you want to grab a pen. This is really important. Brian. Very simple. Very, it, very Brian. simple. Yeah. And I and it's and and I know you're going to make fun of this because I just know Good. I know Good. you it's, are, and it's okay. Kill I'm me with your ass. I'm just telling you that it's going to happen. But did you did you notice how in that commercial or in basically none of my episodes am I am I trashing on anyone? Because I view everyone as a potential listener. Even if somebody's idealism is something that's totally against mine, they're not going to feel attacked when they listen to my show. And if somebody has a similar kind of a background as mine, they're not going to feel that I'm necessarily going to agree with everything that they're going to say. So I like it because it basically, like, again, I guarantee you that most people, especially if they've listened to other episodes of the show, when they saw that I was going to do something on the psychology of a beer commercial, yeah. they probably thought it was going to be maybe a little feminist, but it wasn't. It crossed my mind if I'm being it, I, Of course, of course it did. You know, I mean, it, it, because especially the way I review a lot of women's records and bands and things like that, that, that people, they don't expect it, but, but it's, it, it is, if I like it, I like it, and I'll tell you why. And it's not an—it's not even a, a a pointing question to me whether they're male or female. But it's one of those things with like a like to me. I, I knew that as soon as people read that title, if they know my show, that they probably would think, oh, "Okay, here we go. He's going to bash," you know, the the uh, sexism or whatever. But when you listen to it, basically, what it's saying is, is decade by decade. It's getting less and less like that. It's getting, I mean, when you did, when, when we reviewed the different from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, I mean, it's still there, but it's not as horrifically blatant as it used to be. So to me, it's almost a positive thing that, you know, you can still have enough out there where guys can feel like guys and get together with a bunch of guys, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you're excluding anybody else and so so if 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 an episode makes anybody feel welcome doesn't mean that you agree with everybody's there's times where i listen to your guys' show and i don't agree with you but i still want to be there do you understand what i'm saying because because i i know where where you're coming from i know the place you're coming from you disagree with me sometimes i do (laughs) yeah sometimes i do yeah uh, hey, Chris, my, my pen yeah. stopped working. Can you go back and say that all over again? I, I can if you want. I can. <laughs> Might not be word for word, but I, I'll get it in the ballpark. Short, here's, the, here's the cliff notes. Here's the cliff notes. Make sure that the people that listen to your show feel as though you're not either placating to them or you've got something against them. Yeah, it's great advice. So, Brian, what I'm hearing is I need to be nicer to people. Not really. As long as the people know where you where you where 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 you're really coming from. I don't know how to explain it other than that. It's like it's like there's people there's gonna be people that completely know my views on certain kinds of morality and things like that. And and I don't apologize for that. That's the way that I am. But at the same time, my goal is not to persecute anybody or to make somebody feel terrible about themselves or to make somebody feel like they're less than. I want them to come and I want them to have a good time on the show just like anybody else. 
no matter whether it's the, a belief system I have or, or don't. I just want people to feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's not necessarily being nicer to people, just not calling them idiots. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's worth it, but we'll see. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll sleep on it. But that's just, again, that's one take on one, you know, I mean, there's a whole lot of people that are exactly the opposite that are doing thousands of times better than I am. So, well, you know, look, I'm not trying to be Lewis Black here, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say I really hate we built this city by Starship. No, so do I. Good. See, so there's, do I. There's, there's more that unites us than divides us. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I've got back there probably the first three or four Jefferson airplane records. And there's a lot of good stuff on those records. And for it to have morphed into that makes me a sad person. Um, did you know the bass player was finished? I, yeah, he had a very strong name that, that, that I forgot what his name, what is his name? It's something Finnish. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> it was like, it was like poopy Pantanen. <laughs> something like i forget what his name was yeah um what's that guy's name how's my brain not working i can see it wasn't paul cantner and it wasn't ray slick no it wasn't marty ballon no and it wasn't the drummer so it was the bass player yeah i don't remember his name i remember i remember being at work in kansas city whatever 15 years ago and the manager of the place Put on freedom at point zero. Now, when I was like 12 years old, I thought this was a great album. I, I really dug it. I couldn't, it, it was, it was, it was difficult to say how much I hate 12 year old me because, because that album is terrible. Mm-hmm. And there was this other guy who, and he had a look on his face, like he honest to God, couldn't believe how horrible this was. It was like, and, and I would compare it to like hearing Dane Cook for the first time. It's like, how how did this come out? How is this even possible? Hmm. How could something so objectively terrible ever? Why am I hearing it now? You know this, and I, and I sympathize with that cat. What 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 you're what's interesting, and, and I just picked up on it when you were talking, is that I think that what I'm trying to say along those lines is that I'm limited and I sometimes slip through the cracks, you know, when it comes to, to like, I'll give you an example. Well, I, I, one of the episodes of the podcast recently, I talked about potentially having a star on the Hollywood walk of fame. Yeah. And how I don't see how that's out of the question because Paula Abdul has one. So there's no reason why <laughs> I thought I that was hilarious. Right. <laughs> now, if I really would have thought that down, and when I was, let's say I was writing out my show, I wouldn't have put that in there. It's funny. It's funny. And I mean it. it. I thought it was hilarious. But, 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 you know, I, I usually don't go that route. I usually try to find some other way. Now that goes against the way I normally think because my brain thinks sarcastically all the time, but that has helped me to grow an audience is because basically I'm not really offending too many people. The, the Paula Abdul fans especially they're out there <laughs> they're out there but you know uh so uh your yorma kaukonen that's it was, was the uh uh lead guitarist not the bass player no really 
My yeah. bad. No, who's the bass player? Uh, bass player was uh, Bob Harvey. I I totally thought that that was the bass player. I I could picture him. He had like blonde hair, and um, or Jack Cassidy. No, it's not Jack Cassidy. Jack Cassidy was uh, David Cassidy's uh, father, wasn't he? Ex-husband of Shirley Jones? I think that's a different one. I don't think it's the Jefferson Airplane one. I I remember there was a... I saw saw a behind the music on him a thousand years ago. On the the airplane guy, not the... David no, on, 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 the, on, on David Cassie. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think, because I remember that when he went out for the audition for uh, Partridge Family, he was freaked out because his, his stepmom was actually going to play his mom, which was Shirley Jones. Yeah, yeah, Shirley Jones. Yeah. I don't think it's Ooh. the same Jack Cassidy. No, it wouldn't be. No, <laughs> yes, Jack yeah. Cassidy often played the the heavy, and I just saw him in. There was a, he. It was a Clint Eastwood movie from the seventies, and uh, he played a a very flamboyant fellow, mm. and I remember him being the bad guy in like a Columbo. He's probably a bad guy in like every procedural in the seventies. I think that... he, I think he drank himself to death. Uh... Brian. <laughs> that Jack Cassidy was I, I remember hearing a an interview with I think it's uh well the bass player for the Grateful Dead said that he was in in the Fillmore and he had a light and he was like throwing a hammer up in the air and just watching it fall over and over and over again because he was tripping on that he's like there's Jack Cassidy man he's over there he's like laying down in a speaker and he's throwing his hammer <laughs> so you, you know I, I don't i there are people who love the san francisco music scene yeah. i well chris i have to say at the risk of alienating anyone you can say whatever you want I, i'm just saying no no i don't i don't dig it um you had you had uh, i mean i guess you could say hendrix came out of san francisco but that's not actually not really no not really because he was seattle Seattle. to new york to london to new york and then died actually he died in england or or europe right um i'm not i think so i i know that that because he played the monterey pop festival people put him in san francisco sometimes like but you're up you're i think your timeline is right but it would have been the dead and and starship um I, you know what it probably was it was probably that rolling stone was being published out of san francisco right. in, in the 60s in the late 60s mm-hmm. so they got covered because they were close yeah um and either of you heard anything about jan winner's book he just published his memoir no i didn't have it Okay. Um, so I picked up, I was going to buy Bono's memoir, Surrender, uh, like something like subtitled, something like 
one story and 40 songs or something like that. Uh, and I talked to my old buddy, Brooke, and he said he was listening to the audio book. He said that um, Bono reads it and he throws in like all sorts of like little audio treats. So like he'll sing or like he's talking about he, like the first time <laughs> it was like a big thing when they got a van. Like apparently this is like a big moment in the life and development of a rock and roll band when they can actually afford a van to tour in. Uh, and he talked about the mixtape that he made. And so like, there's like the sound effect of like clicking a cassette into the tape deck mm -hmm. and then pushing eject when he's done talking about the playlist, which may sound cheesy, but is actually kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I know that there are people who hate Bono. They hate him. They think it's all pretense and preening. And I think the guy's a poet. I really do. I mean, I don't love everything he does, but I like a lot of the stuff he does. And um, it was really, I mean, I, I'm probably halfway through it. Oh, so anyway, so so the effect of listening to the audiobook is a little bit like a, a much longer version of Springsteen on Broadway. He's telling his story with the songs that he, he's written, or in, in this case, in the songs that you two wrote. And um, it was really interesting. I'd actually Absolutely. kind of forgotten how, in his desire to make the world a better place, how political uh, he he was. Um, but I think some of it was really effective. I mean, like he, he talked about um, having a meeting with the Secretary of Defense and various high-ranking military officials in the Pentagon, and how like the drummer Larry Mullen Mullins was mad at him because he's like such a pacifist. That um and I, I I thought I thought that was very interesting. Um he he actually quotes, I mean, he's he's hard to pin down. I mean, he talked. So he, he talks about how his wife, who really does seem to be his partner through life. Um, I mean, they married when they were kids, like 20, he was 22, she was 21. And, you know, they're still together now. So they've actually got more years on their relationship than I have with Mrs. Winger. And, and people can't believe how long we've been married. I think what people can't believe is <laughs> how long suffering my wife is. I think that's the number. It's like, just like, God, that just seems like such a prison sentence being married to you, Jeff. Anyway, uh, 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 Bono, I, I, where was I? Politics. Oh, he, so like his wife's anti is no nuke. Uh, she hates nuclear anything. Um, her, she, like a, a young woman from, belarus who whose parents died because of chernobyl and who is her herself um se severely handicapped was adopted by neighbors in ireland and um ali hewson is, is that bono's last yeah. name legal name yeah. ali hewson is her godmother and um so she she's she didn't like nukes, but 
Bono's like, well, look, I mean, I, I mean, he's like, I, I used to do that and I've played no new benefits, but if, if the world's going to get out of, I mean, I mean, he, he's like had conversations with people who like bring to their, his attention, everything that comes from petroleum, right. Uh, or everything that leave comes from the, the, what was it that leaves a carbon footprint so like look out through the city but before you get to the city look at the glass between you and the city the glass making the glass leaves a carbon footprint you know and it's like so so he he goes through all this stuff uh explaining that everything about modern life leaves a car- carbon footprint and um if the human race in his view is going to get through this they're going to have to have energy and to and and that nuclear power makes more sense than previously suspected mm. because you can't do it all with renewables. Certainly the Europeans, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, because I mean, most of Europe is north of New York City. Can you imagine having to s- depend on solar in New York City? That's crazy talk. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did a, an episode on um psychology on vinyl on the Joshua tree. Yeah. And um, one of the things in just kind of researching for that and looking at it, I really thought about it because I was a, a super fan of that band when I was a kid, you know, and now, you know, I, if they come on the radio, sometimes I'm happy and I, and I listen to them, and, but I'm just not jumping up and down. My own son likes them, Good. you know, which is great. But, but the one thing that I kind of always have to say to people who are like, oh, I hate Bono or whatever the case, what would you rather him be? Would you rather him be a heroin addict? Would you rather him be somebody who beats up women and, and kind of like fulfills all the other rock and roll stereotypes? I mean, in, in his world, he's doing what he thinks is the best possible thing that he can do with his position and with his money. I I can get behind that. I Even if I don't believe that it's going to work, I yeah. still am proud of the fact that the guy cares a little bit. You know, I mean, if you don't like his voice or whatever, that's one thing. But usually that's not their problem. No. Their problem is they don't like his persona. Well, what would you rather his persona be? Not be a happily married guy for decades? You know, I mean, what is he not living up to in your rock and roll dream world? You know, I happen to think that he's a great exception to the rule. That's right. I remember you making that point and I liked it then and I like it now, Chris Levine. <laughs> Uh, I mean, cause yeah, right. If you want, if you want a heroin addicted wife beater, cause we, we got, we got five of them. They're right here. Most of them are out of Seattle, but if, if, uh, Oh, oh I do. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> you know, um, we, we got, we got plenty of those guys. Yeah. So I, I look, I think he's got, I think he's a great lyricist. I mean, not, yeah. okay, not, not clever like Cole Porter or something like that, but he's very poetic. I think he's, I think he's a better lyricist than Van Morrison, you know, uh, who's of that trippy Irish poet um, ilk. Um, what's the line in, um, um, 
I was, I was drowning my sorrows, but my sorrows learned to swim mm -hmm. something like that. But mm -hmm. is that from mm -hmm. wild, who's going to wild, ride your well, wild horses? I think it's yeah. until, until, until the end of the world, I think. Okay. Yeah. That, that Okay. Yeah. Another song I liked. I also liked, I um, Oh, but oh, let, before I forget mm -hmm. to be totally fair to the guy, he makes fun of his mullet, which is great mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. It is embarrassing. Right. Um, I can't imagine how my life would be different if I was global and there were thousands of pictures of me in the early 80s. <laughs> um, easily accessible. Uh, but he talked about his hair and his wife's hair at their wedding. Mm. And um, it was hilarious. <laughs> and and his hair at Live Aid, which is great. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys have ever gone back and watched it. And, and there's a lot uh, made of Queen at Live Aid. Great performance. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. U2 was a really good performance at Live Aid. But it doesn't hold up because Bono's hair is <laughs> awful. And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, so. I, I, think, I think what it was about that particular performance was that Watching it live, like all that long time ago when it actually came on, watching it like because I remember that watching that live, it was like these guys will do anything. This guy just completely stopped in the middle of the song and just went out there and he's helping somebody out in the crowd and he's dancing with people and he's doing this and he's doing that. And then they wound up playing like less, they didn't play the hit, they just they kept that long one, they kept bad going for a really long time. They didn't have time for 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 whatever the new. I think it was Pride in the Name of Love was the single. They didn't have time for that anymore because he was out there spending all of his time with the crowd. I think that watching that live and realizing what a ch chance taker that that guy was in front of all those people, and they weren't super superstars yet, right? Oh, you, know, you know, now you see a lot of people taking chances and since then you've seen a lot of people taking chances so it kind of nullifies the greatness of actually seeing it for the first time you know um queen was just ridiculously on point yeah but but uh you know but that was i think what i loved the most about the u2 thing is that it was almost like he was just playing at a club but it was there you know yeah and and one of the things that's great from his book is that he's very honest in that he he does take chances and it doesn't always work out for him. Right. Uh, that there were there have been many times when he got into the crowd and the crowd's like, "Dude, what are you doing? Get, mm -hmm. get out of here. Go back up there. Sing mm -hmm. a song." You know. Mm -hmm. That's that's my take on it. That's mm -hmm. not how I put it. I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Well, okay, so like um, when they played Red Rocks, right, and they did uh, Pride in the Name of Love, isn't that the one where he was no, or, or Sunday Bloody Sunday? Yeah, 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 yeah. Waving the white flag, right? So, um, I wasn't at those shows, though. I was growing up in Denver, and I mean, I knew people there. Um, somebody told a friend of mine who, uh, somebody who was there, told a friend of mine that you two uh, he said that, that was really cool for people in like the front third of the amphitheater 
mm-hmm. but that beyond people in the cheap seats well i mean it was festival seating but mm-hmm. um in, in the in the back and then the way back we're like yeah this isn't that cool mm-hmm. uh apparently so apparently one of the things that he would do was he would get a white flag because people would like pass up an irish flag mm-hmm. and he would like tear off the green and the orange and just be left with the white part and apparently like the ira for example yeah that's not doesn't right. love it when you right. tear their flag up mm-hmm. right just as an example so apparently so i mean he's a real he's an interesting guy so he's from he's from ireland not northern ireland he wants a united ireland um though he is protestant and um and the IRA hates him. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's a, uh, you know, it's an interesting. Anyway, uh, uh, I'll have finished it by the time we record again. We can talk about it some more, but um, I think he's an interesting guy. Yeah, I think so too. Brian, did you see a movie yesterday? I did. <clears throat> What'd you see, I buddy? I did. I saw the sequel to Knives Out. It was Glass Onion. A knives out mystery. A knives out mystery. Yep. How'd you like it? Um, so it's gonna. It's. I think it's. It was like so. The, I like the movie. Okay, there were a couple of really interesting things. First of all, Netflix signed a deal, or Ryan Johnson signed a deal with Netflix. Ryan Johnson is the writer director of Knives Out, and he did like a a three or four movie deal with them. So going to a theater, sitting in in stadium seats, uh, and then seeing the Netflix logo pop up before the movie starts was a little bit strange, you know. Uh, and it, that's a whole another discussion about uh, about the entertainment industry. But uh, Netflix five years is, you'll probably be sitting in in comfortable seats with a humongous. Uh, that of popcorn in your lap and you'll see the TikTok logo go come up at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and my, my popcorn will get delivered by an Amazon drone. <laughs> um so the movie the movie itself I I thought that the first knives out was better. Um the the cast is is pretty entertaining. Um They've got some some characters for sure. Edward Norton is in it, and he plays who you kind of think Edward Norton is in real life, kind of uh, uh, only richer, only yeah, only way richer, more rich. <laughs> He's way more rich. <laughs> um, uh, Daniel Craig's Southern fried accent is not very good, but I don't think it's supposed to be. And uh, uh, you know, there's there's a few laughs. I will see it again when it cut when it hits. Netflix um, and had some twists and turns that you didn't see coming. And it's got like a thousand different cameos. So if you see it, keep your eyes open for that. Um, Ryan Johnson is interesting because I think that he's, he's dealing with some stuff from star Wars. And is that between him and his therapist? I, I don't know, but he there were a couple of things in there that that uh uh it was kind of a uh uh a nod 
in a way to how some of his fans felt about what he did, what they feel like he did to Star Wars. So, um, hey, so how many of the Star Wars? So he, how many? Okay, so like the last three, the completion of the Skywalker saga, if if I may. Yes, go ahead. Uh, there were there were three of those with like Kylo Ren and uh, Amanda. Skywalker. What's her name? Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Ray. Uh, how many of those movies did uh, Ryan Johnson do? He did just one. one. He did so, just one. Did he and do the final one? No, he did the middle one. Okay, because isn't... I think... He, didn't he do the one where Luke Skywalker gets some green milk, fresh green milk from the teeth of the of the sea. alien yeah alien sea cow yes well i mean i mean his the fans of the franchise probably have some concerns about that i know i do because <laughs> in three movies that's the only thing i remember you got to be known for something i like the first knives out i'm not like a super big yeah. movie guy but that's something that my my wife and son watched it and became obsessed with it. And they're like, you got to watch this. You're going to like this. And I did. I thought it was, that was a really good movie. You know what I really liked is um, I love when directors or whoever makes the decision, I'm assuming it's directors, make really good music choices. And at the end of that movie, they pull this obscure Exile on Main Street song from the Rolling Stones' Sweet Virginia is is like the last song that they play when the credits start rolling and it's so perfect it's just so per it captures the moment where she's on the balcony and she's got her coffee cup and she realizes that basically this is all hers now it's just uh a brilliant scorsese does that too just really knows how to use music to make the movies cooler mm -hmm. um that's that's what stood out to me in that movie. Besides, I like the plot and the acting and everything else, but I thought, whoa, that was a good move. <laughs> By the way, when I finally go Solieri on your Mozart and try to kill you, it will be <laughs> it'll be because you it won't be because of your podcast being so much better than mine. It'll be because your playlists are unbelievably great. Oh, I mean, thanks. you just pull you pull these deep cuts. And it's like, who, how do you even, you know, you, you could have Dick Dale and the Minutemen on the exact <laughs> same playlist, you know? And, and um, it, it's just, it, 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 it knocks me out. But uh, I, I spend more time on those than I do on the episodes. I really do because I, I, I the episodes are from the heart, whatever happens, happens, but those I like will listen to him and say, does this flow? Does this not flow? Well, I'm trying to go to sleep every night. That's what I'm doing usually is, is, is doing that. And, and I, my brain just remembers music sometimes very rarely. I'll say, I can't think of 10 things and I'll start looking things up, but most of the time they're, they're in my head somewhere. You, yeah. Your wife would actually be relieved if you're on the internet, looking up an old girlfriend instead of, working on the podcast trying to make it more perfect yet again 
Yeah, no, this is there's this little pocket of time where she's still in there watching the crown and I'm tired. So I'm laying in the bed. And so I got the headphones in and I'm making the playlists the before before the, all the lights go out. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of a cool I, but I just I, I enjoy that. You know, I mean, I made mixtapes in the 80s. This is no different. The only difference is, is that now I sh can share them with more people, <laughs> you know. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, it's well done. Thanks. Chris, Chris Levine's been 40 longer than like Ava Gardner. I'm almost done. She, he has been in the 40s as long as I've known him. <laughs> Just like 20 years. That's true. That's true. He's December. Only, December. So I, he's, it's, yeah, it's some kind of. It's over. I've seen him in the daylight, so I know he's not a vampire, but <laughs> he's got something working. That's all over now. It's, it's I've only got a couple more days. What's the name? What's the name of the uh that little cutie who was in the first knives out? Uh Brian? Anna to Ar Anna to Armis. Yeah. Uh and that would be the person at the end of listening to Sweet Virginia, Chris. It was the it was the nurse. Yes, the nurse. Spoiler right. alert. Sorry. It's okay. The second one's out. They should have seen the first one by now. Yeah. No excuse, right? Yeah. You can't just, yeah. So actually Brian's Brian's synopsis and, and review, uh, well, certainly not alienating to anyone, I don't think, um, was very much in harmony with the review I read in the Wall Street Journal this morning. Mm -hmm. um, not, as, not as good as the first. Daniel Craig's accent was like so bad that they kind of expected him to reveal himself to actually be a British super spy. <laughs> Here there, Ryan Johnson, he does some things with this and, and I don't know. I think that he's a smart guy and I think he's not only that, but he's a clever guy and he likes to play tricks, but he, he did a few things where it was like some bond esque shots of Daniel Craig and um there were there were also some pretty i wouldn't say pretty good but there were some covid jokes this this movie was filmed during covid um and so that's kind of a plot point that this that this group all gets together in the middle of the pandemic um so there's some, there's some pretty good jokes in there about that too so it, it was entertaining um the, the as i told you before i went to go see it the the tickets were only 9 bucks a piece so um we had we had a nice time as a family all right, good. Uh, any chance either of you guys seen Wakanda Forever? My my son has. I haven't. What did Harrison think? Um, I'd have to ask him. I don't. I'm not sure. I I I, I think he liked it better than the first one, but I I'm not. I'd have to double check on that. I'm not quite sure. He's very opinionated about his movies. Like, I mean, he'll tell you exactly what he likes or what he doesn't like. I can get him if you want. It might have come up at some point where you. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, I know he told me. It's funny. I know that I don't think he liked the first one. But really? see, but I don't know. I don't. I have to. I, I, one of them, I think there's a strong opinion on. And one of them, there was the opposite opinion on. I just don't know which which was was which. Well, there's there's only been a handful of Marvel movies in the last ten years, so yeah, that's the point. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think he likes most of them. 
think yeah. he likes most of them. I'm, so I'm, whatever. I'm, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say whatever phase they're in. I think I think they're calling it phase four, which is like the post end game movies mm-hmm. and, and nobody nobody seems as enthusiastic about anything that's come out in the last couple of years that um and you know look um as far as superhero spectacle as far as like bringing together characters from you know a dozen different movies mm-hmm. um which 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 is kind of remarkable. Mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine if Newman and Redford were Butch casting the Sundance Kid, and they came over and were in the same western as John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart and Clint Eastwood, and yeah. like yeah. all these characters came together in one thing. I mean, it it's not exactly the same mm-hmm. because the Marvel movies made stars of Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth. But whereas the guys I just mentioned in the Westerns were kind of, kind of made stars over a a number of years or a a number of roles. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it it, it was still pretty uh, to keep, to keep one into the other, to keep the continuity rolling. I think it was, is pretty ambitious and was pretty cool, but I'm okay to just, and, and I don't mean to speak for the human race here, but I'm okay. If we just like have a good show now, mm-hmm. you know, that it doesn't have one thing doesn't have to go into mm-hmm. the next and on and on. And obviously they're working their way towards a big showdown with Kang, the conqueror, mm-hmm. who's like a, time lord kind of thing i don't know so there actually is a villain that's a time lord somewhere i don't i don't, I don't remember what brian well i don't know I, no I, I really don't know but that's that's uh time travel always solves the problems in in every uh marvel movie so well it's not just marvel i oh well, yeah right it right, makes right uh, star trek those guys go back in time as easily as I go to Seven Eleven, uh, it's I. You know, I got to say, time travel is a dicey thing. You ever have you ever ever? I don't want to. I'm, I'm jumping subjects. If you want, got something else on the subject, I can wait. Go, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, are you are you ever sensitive to certain things in movies for for whatever reason, and for some reason they kind of it puts. I'll give you an example, yeah. right? Like the word moist. The, that doesn't help. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> like, 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 like when I I walked in on on my wife watching the very first uh, Black Panther movie, and I just happened to walk in where the guy who I'm assuming is the bad guy throws this dude off a cliff in front of his family. Okay, and, and I'm like, this doesn't entertain me. This makes me sad, and I don't want to watch the rest of this movie. Are you ever like that? I don't mean about that specific kind of thing. The other just last just last night, she was watching some movie about uh, a lady who was oh god, something about crawdad singing or something like that. You know, what I'm talking about it's a movie that can't, and and it was when I sat there, it was a pretty powerful movie. But then you know, a girl gets totally attacked, and I'm like, 
I, I, I don't want to see this. I mean, I'm not prudish. It's just that no. these things legitimately bother me. And I'm like, I'm not entertained by this. I understand that there's realism in stories and all that. And I'm not trying to, you know, make everything a G-rated world. But it, it's it's just, I, I, I have no stomach for those kinds of things. So, so I never saw the rest of Black Panther because the one tiny scene I happened to walk in on bothered me. Does that ever happen to you? Yes. No, I'll usually I'll I'll usually gut it out and and to sear my conscience. Um, but um, I I I I mean I I understand what you're saying, and there are no. As a matter of fact, there are things that I've begun and turned off and never gone back to again because I don't I don't need it. Okay, yeah, so I mean I I can watch a Rocky movie and watch two guys beat each other's brains out, and that doesn't affect me at all. Because they're both willingly there, they're both fighters. That's what they do, you know. But if it was a bully, I, I couldn't do it. I, I just, I, I couldn't do it. And so it's like, I'm just wondering if, 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 if that's just the way my. No, I think that's totally fair, fight. and I think a lot of people, if they're being honest, I, I do. I think that it requires a measure of self control and uh, to to turn something off or to or walk out of the room uh, and not. You know, and look, I mean, I, I I don't, I didn't find Black Panther graphic and upsetting in, in the same way. Um, yeah, maybe if I saw the other 99.9% .9 of it, I wouldn't have either. It's just, I just context, have to walk in. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, you know, uh, I, I've noticed, I've noticed that some things, uh, you know, like on TV, they'll show you why something's getting a particular rating in mm -hmm. the corner right so mm -hmm. suggestive dialogue um I, i've noticed that there's violence and then there's also sci-fi violence does anybody have any like i mean i i can guess what that means but brian La uh lasers not bullets i'm, I'm being serious i, I, I really yeah, i can see that yeah. <laughs> yeah that that i think that that adds a level of fantasy to it that is different than when somebody pulls out a handgun so my old buddy joe um had been in vietnam and uh he he had uh post-traumatic stress and it really affected him uh by the time i met him and became friends with him and so he went and saw some uh terminator 2 and uh, now people I worked with, <laughs> a guy that I worked with at the time, he told this unbelievable story about some moron taking like his little kid to see, and not like an infant, but like a little kid. So apparently, and I don't think I've ever actually seen it, but Terminator 2 opens up with like the future world when the machines have taken over and it begins with like a a, a nuclear uh, uh, a nuclear blast devastated earth right and it's just like incredibly realistic and the little kids like like crying it's like the little kids upset and then the father of the year is saying shut up shut up okay so anyway with this in mind joe who again has nightmares and another pathologies um sees terminator 2 and i'm like do you really think you should be seeing a movie like this he goes oh 
You shoot the Terminator and his head grows back. That don't happen in real life. So I don't know if it actually had a coarsening effect on my buddy Joe, but he didn't think it did because he was able to tell the difference between this and that. I don't really believe in evil aliens, but I saw the movie Aliens in the theater and I was white as a sheet. <laughs> my, we, it, we hadn't been married very long when it came out. And like I, it, I, I saw it at the mall where my wife was working at a department store. And I'm like, you know, I'm just blanched. And I walk in and she's like, you are such an idiot. Why would you do that to yourself? It's like, well, it was awesome, except for the horrifying parts. Except for, except <laughs> for the sci-fi violence. <laughs> because of the sci-fi violence, yeah. Oh, the aliens don't really burst out of your chest. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds like Jimmy Durante. Cha cha cha. Um. Let's see. So, uh, I watched a movie that is is beloved by many of the guys we know. It's a show called Jeremiah Johnson. Have you ever seen this, Chris? Mm -mm. Brian, I have seen it. I th I think when I was in second or third grade if i was homesick from school that was my go-to mm. really yeah i don't know why i loved it do you still love it i haven't i haven't seen it to really remember that much about it it's it's been it's been 40 years so because i know it is it's a real guy movie it was co-written by john milius okay of red dawn fame uh, and many other manly works. Um, and uh, it's just, yeah, it's like there's there's about, I'm guessing, four pages of dialogue in in the whole thing. Um, there's just not a lot of talking. It's uh, Robert Redford as Jeremiah Johnson, a mountain man. He, like, leaves civilization, goes up into the hills to track and hunt. And he interacts with the Indians, um, sometimes pleasantly and other times violently. And um, I don't know. I just I think that for a lot of guys, it's like this. It's like a it's like a fantasy of being so rugged and and more importantly, self-reliant. And this is my woman and this is my boy. And I am providing, you know, I mean, I, I think it's just like a really stripped down, um, uh, a really stripped down view of existence. Anybody? Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a survivalist type story in, uh, you know, a guy who just, wants to be by himself and do his own thing. Do you think like, remember, okay, this is a stretch, but when we were talking about the beer commercials, people watch something, they want to be a part of it. There's probably a longing for some people, especially some guys that maybe have aren't happy where either they are or think about what they could be. And they look at something like that and they're like, that looks pretty appetizing. You know? Yeah. 
there, there was like one really interesting exchange. So he's he's living and some cavalry come up and they start talking to him in English and he hangs fire or he he he's he just kind of looks at him. And, and in due course, he says, I'm, I'm sorry, I've, it's been a really long time since I've had so much English spoken at me. And it's strange, you know, like he wasn't like he'd gone so native that he wasn't computing the English. I don't know. I don't know if I would lose my mind without somebody to talk to. I'm pretty sure I'd talk to myself because I actually think that I'm hilarious and um, uh, just, just amusing to no end. Um, so um, I suppose I'd be viewed as crazy. <laughs> just just call what you're doing a podcast. It's the same thing. That's I do it twice a week. <laughs> I come in this office and I talk to myself, and that's that's just call it a podcast. There's a there's a great line in uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid with Struther Martin, who was this great character actor, and um, he says uh, uh, he he was a he was a Yankee in Bolivia working for the mine, and he says uh, people call me colorful. Or no, pe people call me crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just colorful. <laughs> awesome. And then he would spit out a bunch of chaw and he'd say, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um that that was a that was another bit of uh I like I like the way they made movies. You know, I, I mean there's a and Brian and I have talked about this before. And in fact, we talked about it with uh, when, when we were talking about uh, Butch casting the Sundance kid, but there was a time when um, people really ran on the top of trains, uh, a stunt man would really run on the, on the top of a moving train, or they would actually blow something up to, um, ha to have a, uh, to have an effect right now everything's cgi and i'll give you an example there's a uh there's a commercial for something that i've seen on football and it's a deal where like the real housewives of something gets put into a football game i think it's like dish direct and like you can watch this or that and so you can watch this and that so much that they just become one thing and I, it's a stupid commercial but you can kind of tell that at no time are any of the people in this commercial in the same building acting off of one another. That everything is just like doing your lines while uh, a production assistant reads the other guy's line. They splice it all together. You can tell that the, the housewife is not on a football field. She's standing you know, in front of a green screen. And I'm not saying it's cheaply done, except that I find the whole thing completely implausible. And I think you see that in a lot of different things, not implausible, like, of course it's implausible, you idiot. It's a fantasy commercial, but I mean, you suspend disbelief and this goes beyond that. It makes me bump. 
And I just think a lot of things are done with green screen and the, the effect is worse for it. Thoughts? No, I just, I agree. I, I think that, I think you, you, when you don't have money, you have to be more creative. You have to figure it out. I don't care whether you're making a movie or a record or whatever it is. If you don't have money and you can't just fix it in 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 post or whatever, or you can't, you know, you... you Move I, on, we'll fix it in post. It's true. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's, 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 we'll bury it in the mix because we have zillions of tracks available to us. You know, when you're like four guys in a garage with a Tascam four track recorder, you do everything you possibly can to make it sound as good as it possibly can. And sometimes it does because you, you, you have to make it that way. Whereas, and I, and I think that sometimes, you know, you, you can have too many options and, and one of the options may mean less talent and more, um, uh, you know, just le- people can be less talented because there's more going on in the movie right now. I mean, if you, you can have somebody who's not that talented, but if you put enough car crashes in it, people are going to go see it. You that know? would explain the Transformer movies. I never saw them. <laughs> but, but then again, you know, again, you, we've kicked around the word fantasy a lot. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if 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 you go in and you buy the fact that, yeah, this isn't real, more than likely this guy is actually not running on top of this train like they used to. You just go and you watch the movie. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, but I do think it is kind of cool when the guy had to run on top of the train. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, we, we, we talked about this a little bit last time. Uh, we were talking about Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible movies and whatever. One of the things that I respect about the guy is that whenever possible, he prefers practical stunts done where they're being shot. And he's going to do them himself if he can, mm-hmm. um, which which is cool. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a certain, I mean, trust me, there is a certain amount of green screen that comes across in some of those movies, but, you know, a guy who straps himself to the side of an airplane um, is pretty you cool. Gotta, you got to hand it to him, you know? Yeah. Did you, did you like the Maverick movie? I, that's a movie I actually went to go see. I did. Me too. I did like it. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought it was exciting. I thought that it, I thought that it, ha- it had predictable, predictable bits in it. But um, I was entertained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Me too. I liked it way more than I liked the first one. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> I, yeah, it really took my breath away. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. You're getting close to the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I like about this podcast that we're just playing with the boys. Just, yeah. just the guys hanging out. That's it. That's yeah. it. And everybody's welcome. You know? Mm. I got an extra seat right here. Okay. <laughs> so if you're from the Pacific Northwest, you can go sit next to Chris Levine. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Uh I don't yeah. Um 
bless your little cotton socks. I just don't, I just don't think it's on brand for me to not make somebody mad. You, you, you do what you got to do. I'm not, I, I, saying, I I'm not saying, but see, that might be, that may gain you as many listeners as I would lose from it. Well, apparently not because you don't hear me talking about the people. We've got three new listeners, including Clive and Pago Pago. Yeah. You also you also get a lot better uh, uh, analytics uh, than than we get on uh, uh, Brian. Brian went to super value, greatvaluepodcast dot com. I don't know about that. I mean, mine's totally and one hundred percent free. Yeah, it's totally free. I mean, it's you know, um, it's just free for a little while. It's free. <laughs> you listen to way too many. You know, there's a little, there's a little button. Podcasts are so much fun. It just are. It, there's a little button that's at the, at least I I think I don't know if it's for everything, but they have it on um, Spotify where you can you can jump ahead 15 seconds. Uh huh. And I I as soon as I hear hey this is Chris I jump ahead 15 seconds and then. Till I hear the guitar fading out, then then I'll I'll I'll, I'll listen to see if it was any good, because I don't want to hear that as many times as I do. Was here's the other thing, they won't let me place it anywhere else until I get a certain amount of listenership. It has to be in the beginning. Okay. Um, if I if I wanted to put somebody else's ad in there, that's fine. But if I was going to get paid through the ad from from Anchor, um, I'd have to have a certain amount of consistent listeners that I don't have. So then you can mix and match where you want to put in your ads and all that good stuff too. But, but if you're at a certain point with a certain number, um, your ad goes in the beginning. That's the only option I have. Okay. Unless it's friends of mine with companies or podcasts, and then I'll mention them at the end. I'm always a little embarrassed when you mention us. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tickled. Don't get me wrong, but I just think, Oh my He's really too kind. Well, the Pago Pago guy, oh, check you out. That's the way I look at it. Live in Pago Pago. No, I mean it's that's that's why I do it. It's it's the 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 three that I talk about all the time. Um, is my friend Jonathan has that company Leafy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He he's he's that's that's his company. He runs it out of um. I'm gonna say Los Angeles for the same reason that you say Dallas. Yeah, you know, but he uh, it's a. Uh, where is he from? I think Woodland Hills, California. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's his baby. That's his company. And then my friend Josh is the one, the design craft out of New York City. No kidding. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, and they listen all the time. And I'm like, what's well, the least I can do if you listen to mention your company, you know? So that's kind of a neat thing. But, uh, you huh. know. Because that's my choice to mention you guys and to mention them. I could place that wherever I want to. I honestly thought that you were so big so fast that these were these were like such different companies, but they sound yeah. like podcast kind of companies. Mm -hmm. Um that I thought Anchor was giving you those guys. No, no, no. Interestingly, both of those guys um contribute, but I've I've, I've never asked them to. You know they 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 contribute monetarily, and so it's like, well, it's the least I can do, you know, for for doing that. 
you know, that's kind of nice. And so it's kind of a, so it is kind of like a sponsorship, but it's yeah. not like one of those things where I like solicited it. They just okay. started doing it. They started paying first before I even thought of that. So, um, yeah, Jonathan was pretty cool. He's just like, you know, I pay for Disney Channel. Why can't I pay for Chris? You know, <laughs> like, okay, well, yeah, well done. Um, well, Chris, where do they find your your podcast? I'm all over the place now. I, I still say Spotify because that's the one that Anchor goes directly to. So it's kind of the Anchor family goes to Spotify. Tell but us the name of your podcast again. It's called Refresher, the um, Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. And it's, uh, you know, the uh, it's, been a, it's been a roller coaster because I kind of view it as, as my therapy. And if somebody else gets something out of it, that's great. You know, it's like every time there's something that I think I need to learn more about or I need to either change in myself or refine or get better at, I share it. And for me, illustrations are what help me to remember things. And for most people, especially Gen Xers, <laughs> television raised us. You know what I mean? I mean, we were sat in front of televisions and so forth. And so... If I can, if I can, uh, you know, make an allusion to some, you know, obscure pilot of a television show that somebody may have seen, and then somehow make that into something that would compare to, you know, hypersomnia, they'll get the connection now. You know, <laughs> they'll get the connection now. Because if I just talk about the subject itself, people are, oh, that's interesting. And then they forget all about it. But if, it, if there's a movie character that they know that has these things, nah, oh, yeah, I'll, that's I, I, I know what that is. It's kind of an educational thing. But one of the things that I always tell people, at least a lot of the time in, in my when I leave the show, is if you need people, if you know people that are just looking for some companionship, you know, just wants to listen to somebody who's not going to judge them and who's not going to um, push them. You know, there's a lot. I, I listen to podcasts for that reason sometimes, too. You know, where you just need to hear somebody's voice when you're driving around. You know, I, I, I think that that's a great option, you know. Well, you have a lovely tone. I, I, I enjoy your podcast very much. Thanks. Um. Refresher the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Um, before before we go, there's one other bit of the culture that I've taken in since the last time we recorded, and that is I've watched the first episode of East New York with Jimmy Smits. And uh, <laughs> I hear he's a favorite in your parts. <laughs> Somewhere around here. Yeah, <laughs> Brian is a fiend for Jim, Jimmy Smith. <laughs> he seems like a nice enough guy, I must say. Um, uh, so, uh, Chris, yeah, uh, is there actually a part of New York called East New York? Because yeah. it seems like a phony. No, it's a real thing. Yeah. Like, is it in Manhattan or Brooklyn? I couldn't tell you. I just remember people telling me they're from East New York all the time. Okay. Okay, so it's real. 
because mm-hmm. it seemed like uh, it, it it seemed like something they made up, mm-hmm. like the way as far as, as far as I know, people okay. you know I've heard it before. Like network TV didn't want to offend anybody by saying, mm-hmm. you know, like the Bronx. Yeah, and it's it's awful. Right, right. Crime is outrageous. It's right. through the roof. Yeah. Uh, even if that's true, you don't make a thing about it. But anyway, um, uh, yeah. So it it had a lot of it had a lot of uh, NYPD Blue kind of like super fast cuts, you know, with like uh, only instead of uh, you know uh, NYPD Blue had. Uh, how do you pronounce the big Japanese drums? Are they like taiko? Is this ringing a bell for anybody? You know the timpani. Tip what timpani drums? Aren't those no? Those are kind of delicate, aren't they? Mm, those are those big no? orchestral deep drums. We know how N- NYPD Blue had that. Yeah. Okay, so instead of that, it had a more contemporary hip hoppy kind of thing. But other than that, like there were like a lot of those, like when the scene changed, you would see uh, flashes of New York street life. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, the, the, the main character is a, a female detective and uh, she's coming in and she's going to set things right. And there's uh there's another, there's a female street cop and she's got something to prove. And then there's like, you know, the street wise guy who's with the rookie. And uh, uh, one thing seems, oh, I, I'll tell you what's a little out of place is Jimmy Smith's is a little old for this role. And so is Richard kind. Do you guys know this character actor? You, you'd, you know him if you saw him. Yeah, I, I know who he is. I I haven't seen East New York, the TV show. Yeah, are you saving them all up just to binge them? I'll probably binge them um, in in about a month or so. Um, yeah, when I have a few days off. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Richard Kind doesn't really strike me as the type of guy who would play a captain on a police force. I don't think I'm not sure he's a captain. He seems like more like a sergeant. The internet says he's the captain. Captain Stan Yanko. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, Brian. I didn't know that the IMDB. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Is is your wallpaper on your computer? <laughs> you know, I I don't pay him twenty five bucks a month just to not know these kind of things, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, think you've got a guy who has got the internet right there. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I have my brain and it doesn't work half the time, you know? Well, I, Brian gets nothing out of this, but every time I try to quit, he's like, no, I, we should, we should keep going, mm-hmm. keep going. So I think I think it's helpful to Brian, and this makes it worthwhile for me. It's helpful for, to Brian to see somebody in a better situation deal with his problems more poorly than Brian himself does. So Brian's <laughs> in a worse such situation and conducts himself with more class, grace, poise 
than I do. <laughs> Every time I call up to say how terrible things are for me, Brian's like, oh yeah, it does sound bad. And then he'll tell me something that's like 10 times worse. She's mm -hmm. like, I hate you so much. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you something funny that happened because of your show. Um, I was, I was, no, yeah, I, I was in the kitchen and I was about ready to warm something up. And Harrison says to me, Hey, dad, if you're going to use the bibbity bop, don't get birdie fingers. <laughs> God's honest truth. Managing uh, expectations, saving one fingertip at a time. That's, <laughs> you, you've got at least one, one teenage listener right there. So well, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. This this entire episode is dedicated to Harrison Levine. That's nice. He's I'll got his tagline is he's got a lot going on in there. He's got a lot going on in there, man. <laughs> I I kind of wish that's what people said about me. I can uh, saying that about you. What people say about me is you've got a lot going on out here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we'd, we'd like it to go on in in there a little bit more all right fellas i've had a this has been a gas oh and we, you know what we didn't even get to um the ad for caesar romero's uh restaurant um well maybe some other time huh but uh it, it, so let's we're gonna wrap things up now i really appreciate you listening uh brian thanks for being the aide de camp chris levine man we could not be happier that you spent some time with us today thank you very very much it was a lot of fun it always is and yeah, uh yeah good to see you chris thanks for coming on my pleasure and, and in closing i just want to say that if you're in the los angeles area and want to see Anton at the piano? Drop by Caesar Romero's restaurant, Ristorante Italiano, Cappuccino uh, Ristorante, on just just south of the Santa Monica Boulevard on La Cienega. Yeah. That's thanks for listening to this episode of Managing Expectations, the podcast. <laughs>